Okay, so I want to ask you a question, and I want you to think about it. How do you feel when life does not go as planned? Now, here's some examples. Think about you're involved in a relationship, and you love somebody, and you they love you, and everything's going down the track, and everything looks good, and then all of a sudden, the person breaks it off. How do, you, how do you feel when you've been wanting to purchase land or a car or some other a house and you've been doing your research on the internet and you've been talking to people and you've got this all worked out and then at the very last minute, it falls through. Man, this thing is temperamental. How do you feel when you're looking for a job and you've almost been guaranteed a job and you're excited for this and you're making all sorts of plans and then at the last minute, somebody else gets the position. How do you feel when life does not go the way that you want it to? You know, it's easy to get upset. It's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to become bitter or hold a grudge. Do you know why I know that's how it's easy to feel that way? Because I have been there and I have done that for almost every example that I come up with. Things didn't go the way that I wanted. And it, so I, I know how it feels. Now, easier said than done it's important to remember that God is still good, God is still in control, and God is doing something in your life that involves more than just you. All I can see is this little picture, but God's got this great big world of people and situations that he's working things out. And so I, at those points, I have to remember that God is still good. Now, Paul... He's, he's a guy who's on a mission. He's on a mission trip, and he's making plans for himself. And he, what he's running into today is a closed door. He wants to continue on his mission trip. His place is his way, and all of a sudden, things don't work out for him. And, and how does Paul respond to that? How does Paul respond to his closed door? Does he run away? Does he give up? Does he keep the faith? What does he do as he moves forward? And we're going to be looking and tying Paul's closed door to our closed doors. Paul's open door to our open doors. And say, what do we do and how do we respond to that? So first of all, you got to start with Paul's closed door. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So who kept them from being able to preach? the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter there either. Now those are just names on here, so I have the map up here. Paul wants to go down here. You know, he, he just, he's, they've gone from Antioch, they, they, they went to Derby. we saw that last week, they went to Lystra, they picked up Timothy, and they went to Iconium, and Paul wants to continue somewhere down here, where Ephesus is, where Colossae is, where the seven churches show up in the book of Revelation. Paul wants to go here. And the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, you're not going. This is not what I want you to do. So Paul kind of goes like, we're going the opposite way. He says, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to go up through Pergia. I want to go up to Bithynia. And what does he find there? A closed door. And so Paul continues and he just keeps going west. He's determined to be on a mission trip. He's not feeling like God's completely shut the door to everything, because if he did, he'd turn around and go home. He's a missionary. He wants to go share Jesus in places where Jesus hasn't been before. So he continues to go west to this little place called Troas. He is experiencing closed doors. And because it's not working, he's still going to the next place. 
Now, I want to just point out briefly uh, at Troas, the, the, the writing changes. Uh, Luke is writing they, they, they until it gets to Troas. And it says we. Do you know why it says we? Because Luke joined the mission trip in Troas. And we're going to, through the rest of the book of Acts, he's going to kind of come and go. As, as he's writing we, he's there. And as he's writing they, he's writing about a situation he's not involved in. But Luke is joined on the mission trip at this point through Troas and as he heads to the next place, which we'll look at in a little bit. But anyway, Paul has experienced a closed door. Anybody here ever experienced a closed door in your life? It was the relationship, it was the job, it was the purchase, right? We've all experienced some kind of, of closed door. Uh, if you've experienced a closed door in your life, you're not alone. Everybody else here says, yes, they've experienced one. Uh, I've been talking to Bud Fuchs, right? You guys know who Bud Fuchs is? I like Bud Fuchs. Um, ever since the first time he came and then... Uh, Throughout different times, I started talking to Bud Fuchs, and I remember the story a little bit of, of him trying to get to be a missionary, and things didn't work out. So I called him, or I texted him and said, hey, can you give me your story that I could re refresh the minds of people? So Paul, or Bud Fuchs, experienced a closed door. It says, we left Central Baptist in Edmonton, where I served as a pastor of missions and outreach, and relocated to Utah in the summer of 2014. He says, we had two sons, and they're both pastors in the same church in Utah. It was to be a temporary stop. Um, as a place for a home base in our journey to serve as missionaries in Asia. It was all systems go with our support raising and preparations with the goals of being missionaries in Asia by 2015. He's got a goal. He, he's got a plan. He knows exactly where he wants to go. But early in the fall of 2015, he says, I began to have a number of health problems. I had to have two surgeries that uh, in December, all this prompted us to resign from that assignment. We did not want to be a liability on that field. He also developed dizziness and double vision, especially when he was traveling in cars or flying on airplanes. Do you know what I call that? I call that a closed door. And Bud recognized that's a closed door. That is not going to work. I don't want to go be a liability in Asia, so I'm not going to go. He had all his plans. He had all this, the, the backing. He had all the encouragement to go do this. And all of a sudden, as he's about ready to go, stop. You know, I've experienced a closed door in my life. Um, you know, uh, back in 2013, and this is kind of the career example, back in 2013, I was given the opportunity to do pulpit supply at a little church in North Idaho um, and for one month. And the guy who set this up was a guy like Randy Jaspers. He says, I want you to go to this little church for one month. I want you to preach on parables and he's, and so I did that and this was like kind of like not the perfect spot but it's a really nice little location uh, they had lots of trees around so my a wood stove would have been easy to have here's not <laughs> um, it was 30 minutes from my brother and my sister it was an hour and a half away from my parents it was a really nice spot well while I was preaching there one Sunday after church a guy's like because they're looking for a pastor and they said well you should just be our next pastor well, that's big. That's big kudos for a guy who's just barely doing any kind of preaching. Well, the guy who lined all this up says, you know what, Josh, I'm going to go there for a couple years. I'm going to get some things straightened out. And then I'm just pretty much going to hand this over to you. Well, guess what happened after a couple of years? Guess what door never opened? 
Guess who never called me up and said, hey, Josh, here, you're ready to go. We did have a conversation about it, and he was going to stay. Leslie, a relationship. I really wanted to record her and have her say it herself so you can verify with her if this is wrong. But she was in Bible school, Moody Bible in Spokane, and she was chasing this guy named Andy. Relationship, she's like, I like this guy. And Andy was a funny guy. You guys would have, I think, really enjoyed Andy. And uh, she, was, she was at this video rental store, right? You adults know what that is. I don't know if you kids know what that is, but she was outside the parking lot going to go visit Andy saying, this is the guy I'm going to marry. And she felt like God says, no, this is not the guy you're going to marry. And she says, yes, it is. And God says, no. And she said, okay. There was a closed door. Bud had a closed door. I had a closed door. Leslie had a closed door. Now, how do you think we all responded to that? You know, Bud, he responded pretty well. He's willing. I mean, he never writes anything about being mad or about questioning God. Leslie was like willing to accept it. Me, on the other hand, I was grumpy. I was mad. I was bitter, you know, because I was looking forward to this opportunity. I remember the day I called this guy, we talked about it. We, We went to the lake after the fact and we sat there. The kids were playing in the water. Leslie's dad was there. We're having a picnic. And I just sat in my chair. My, my beach chair, and I just pouted, and I was just mad for just the whole time until I went home, and I just started reading the Bible. What else do you do when you're mad? I mean, that's what I did, and I came across a verse in Nehemiah that just totally made my day, and I've, I've tried to explain it before. If you really want to know, one-on-one, I'll try to explain it to you, uh, but you know, facing an open door is, or a, a shut door is very hard to do. I had, you have plans, you have goals, you have dreams, you want it to be a certain way, and it's not working out that way, and it's real easy to get shut. Now, some people are adamant. They said, I'm going to kick that door open. I'm going to push that door open. I'm not going to accept this no answer. And I know someone like that, and it's, it's turned out to be just as bad as it could be. Uh, I felt like, I, in my opinion, this was a closed door. A girl that I knew was pursuing this relationship. And this this guy that she wanted to have this relationship with, I told her bluntly to her face, and I, at that point in my life, was not very blunt about, this is not a good idea, and here's the reasons why. And, and the people who spoke wisdom in her life agreed and said the same kind of thing. Well, she continued this relationship. Well, then she ended up pregnant out of wedlock. And then she decided, I'm going to marry this guy. Then it ended up in a divorce. She had two kids. She ended up in a divorce. And the guy's in jail. And every part of this relationship has been bad, 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 bad. Because she was forcing this door open when everything was pointing to say this was a bad idea. This was a closed door. So if you're feeling like God's giving you a closed door, don't be one of those people who's trying to force it open. Remember the quote, it's in your bulletin, when God closes one door, God opens another door. Now, I'm not 100% sold on that. I mean, it sounds really good, and so I'm going to go with it for now. Uh, It was the way it worked out for Paul. God closed the door for Paul to go to to the part of the map that he wanted to go to, but God opened the door for him to go somewhere else. So where did this lead? Paul's Paul's open door. It says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, it says, we, which includes Luke, got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
So Paul recognized the open door. Hey, it is not here in these areas. It's somewhere else. I'm going to go where the open door is. And you can say, well, duh, he recognized the open door. He had a vision, right? How could you not uh, know that there was that was the way to go? Well, I'm here to tell you, I've experienced this the last three nights while I was uh, sleeping. Things that I was thinking about, guess what I was dreaming about? Those exact things. And I woke up the very first morning thinking what I dreamt about was going to be there. But it wasn't there. It was just a dream that was affected by my thoughts. Paul, he didn't just have a dream or a vision because he was thinking about this. This was something that God wanted him to do. And Paul recognized that this was the way that he was supposed to go. And then Paul, he walked through the open door. You know, a lot of times doors open. It's not enough just to recognize that door is there. Paul recognized that this was the door to go, and he was running through it. It says pretty much as quick as we could get everything together, we got it all packed up, and we headed for Macedonia. I don't know where, what it means. I don't know exactly where, who we're going to talk to, but that's the open door, and I'm going to run through the open door. Paul said, I'm willing to go through that open door. He got ready at once. Now back to us, back to the open door, because if God's closing a door, chances are God's got a different direction or a different choice for you to make. Back to Bud. No, wait, I'm sorry. I got to back that up here a second. Um, Paul was able to recognize the open door because Paul had a relationship with God. He was able to determine that this was not just a dream because I'm thinking about this, but this is actually something God wants me to do. Well, you and I probably aren't going to get a vision about what God wants us to do, right? I just gave you, I just told you the last three nights I dreamt about what I thought about. And none of those things came to fruition. None of those things I should be going and doing, but they're just there because I thought about them. So how do I determine what's the right decision to make? How do I determine if it's my own thoughts or if it's, if it's what, what God wants me to do? Um, thinking about this, uh, this is what I came up with. What you, what you need to do, if you want to know what d- door God is opening and what door God wants you to walk through, the first thing you got to do is you got to keep your relationship right with God. And that was Paul. His relationship was right with God. He was a missionary doing what God wanted, God's way. He was in close relationship with God. What does that look like? Well, one thing you got to do is you got to keep a short account of sin. You know, the Bible talks about if there's sin in their life, you know, God's not, God's not interested in trying to help you solve your problems in life if there's sin there. He doesn't want to lead you to the next step if you can't get that sin confessed in your own life. So if you have sin in your life and you want to know what door to walk through, you better get that right with God first. Another thing is you've got to spend time in prayer. With God, you know, Paul, I'm sure had a very active prayer life. It involved talking to God. That's the easy part. But it also involved listening to what God wanted you to hear. God knows how to help you understand and make sure you know what he wants you to do. If you're willing to be still and know that he is God. You know, if I'm running, trying to knock on all these doors, looking for open doors and I'm praying, but I'm not paying any attention to what God wants me to do. I'm going to struggle to go through the right open door. Spend time reading God's word. Just read it. Like we're doing in the Old Testament. Um, we're reading the New Testament. God speaks to us through his word. He brings verses to mind that help you make the decision to know what's the right thing to do. 
That's, that's a main reason that way how God speaks uh, to us. It's that keeping that relationship with right, keeping that word fresh in your mind. Being obedient to what you already know to do. You know, I already know that I'm supposed to read my Bible. I already know that I'm supposed to obey my parents. I already know that I'm supposed to uh, share Jesus with people. Whatever God's already put in your life to do, you be faithful with what you're doing. And then God's going to be showing you what's next to do. But if you can't already do what you already know, I mean, if I'm running around lying all the time, if I'm running around cheating all the time, or I'm running around X, Y, and Z that I'm not supposed to do, God's not going to help me to know what's next to do, right? So I've got to keep my life in a right relationship with God. And then I would say, you know what? Go talk to somebody who fits this. You think there's somebody who's you feel like has a close relationship with the Lord, who's, who's, who talks to the Lord, who, who reads God's word, who you feel like is an obedient person to what God's word says? Go, go talk to them. God uses people in order to help make direction changes in people's lives as well. If you want to know what does God want you to do, follow these steps. Do these kinds of things, and I believe God's going to make it known. But when the open door comes, you got to walk through it. That's what Bud did. Uh, he says, uh, the Lord was redirecting us through our current circumstances to stay home. I wanted to go to Asia, but the Lord was shutting that door. He's redirecting me. He says, I want you to do something else, bud. I want you to stay home in America and reach out to the internationals, training the church churches to reach the internationals here in North America and encouraging those in ministry in Utah County. He says, okay, I surrender. That's where I wanted to go. You want me here? I'm going to walk through this open door and obey you and stay right here. Bud did a good job. He says, okay, I'm going to obey me. You know, I, I had a, my door shut, you know, going to North Idaho to this little church surrounded by trees and my family. That's why I thought, hey, this would be a cool place to go. And I was waiting for this opportunity to come. God says, slam, right there, Josh, you're not going there. You might all wish I was there. But the door was slammed. I wasn't going there. But you know what happened a month later or a couple months, not a month later, but a couple months later, God opened up a different door at church, at the church I was at. Our youth pastor left. His name was Josh, a good friend of mine. He moved away. And there was an opening for youth pastor job, but I didn't apply. I'm like, I am 33 years old. <laughs> this is my dad's church. I feel like there's no way I'm going to apply at this church. Well, the, the elder board came to me and said, hey, Josh, would you please apply? And I was like, okay, sure, you're asking me to apply. And I did that for three years. And you know what I, I did there? I grew. You know, it's I wasn't I wasn't prepared to be the pastor of a church. You know, I, I was it, I, I learned so much through the youth pastoring experience of of working with kids and dealing with problems of lining up big events. I became the Awana commander. There's there's just so much learning and growing that I had to do during that time that had I went to the to the top to the church at that point, I would have flopped. You know, I can look back now and say, thank you, God, for not doing that to me because I was not ready. God shut the door to the, this church in Idaho, but God opened up a door right where I was at as a youth pastor in my own home church. It didn't make it easy. I still had to go through the grueling process of, of becoming the youth pastor and all the questioning and all that kind of stuff. But I was there for three years and I, I learned and I got trained and it was really a good thing. Think about Leslie, this relationship. You know, she was she was chasing Andy. She she wanted Andy, and uh, you know, 
the door, because the door was shut for her, the door opened for her to, to meet somebody else. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's true. And I can't guarantee you that because that door shut a month later or two months later, that was going to happen. But had Leslie said, no, I'm going to just keep pounding on this door because I like Andy, who is a funny guy, I would have never have pursued Leslie because you don't mess with your best friend's girl. He wasn't my best friend, but he was my friend. I knew Andy since the seventh grade. He was in the sixth grade. I was in seventh grade. We played a little basketball together. We hung out. That's why there's no way I would have messed with Leslie had she been pursuing Andy because Andy and her were friends, and you just don't do that. And so because she said no to, to Andy, she said yes to God, the opportunity was there for her to meet somebody else. So when a door comes... And you want to walk through it and it gets shut, relax, you know, uh, whether it's a ministry like Paul had, whether it's rom a romance like Leslie wanted, or whether it's the job that I wanted or the, the, the ministry that Bud wanted. Just because the door shuts doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um, and maybe the, the door you've been always been wanting to walk through, but be willing to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? Or who do you want me to marry now? Or what ministry do you have for me to do now? Because that didn't work. Because just because the door is shut doesn't mean never, you know, because we're going to see Paul goes through Ephesus on his second missionary journey. God was just saying, not right now. Right. Your romance may not be now. Your job may not be now, but God has something and a certain timing. So just relax and let God do his timing his way because he sees the big picture. All I see is this little dinky day. He sees all of eternity and from every which way you can. So Paul walked through the open door. He had a closed door. He walked through the open door. And because he walked through the open door, he's able to make an impact. In Acts 16, verses 11 through 12. I'll read verse 13 also. John, Acts... How did I get to John? Acts 16. It says, From Troas we went out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. Verse 13 says, On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had been gathered there. Okay, so back to the map. This is where they went. They, from Troas, they hopped on a ship. They made really good timing. It sounds like they made two days. It takes five days to come back because of the weather, but it, it took two days to get there. As fast as they could get there, they went to Neapolis, and they're, they're headed to a little town called Philippi. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Philippi? Okay, because it's going to mean something. We looked at the book of Philippians already a couple years ago, and it's the same place. And Paul, as he went there, he had both an immediate impact and a distant impact. So his immediate impact, verse 14 and 15, he met a woman named Lydia. So he's, he's going to Macedonia thinking he's meeting a guy who's begging for help, and it turns out to be a woman who's there waiting for him. 
uh, that the Lord is going to work in her life. So on the, on the, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who is a worshiper of God. And this is the immediate impact Paul had because he says, okay, God, I'm going to walk through the open door and do what you want me to do. It says the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. She was a worshiper of God, but she wasn't a believer in Jesus. And because Paul went there to talk to her, she says, okay, I'm going to accept Jesus and make him my savior. It says in verse 15, she and the members of her house were baptized. The public expression, an outward expression that you all can see of something that's going on inside here. And they were all baptized. And it says here at the bottom, it says, she says, come and stay at my house. So a woman got saved, and I'm assuming a lot more people got saved as part of the household. People made a public declaration of their faith that the whole, everybody could see. And she, they got a place to stay out of it. Boom, boom, boom. Immediate impact of doing what God wanted him to do. Had he stayed in all these places, he probably could have got to where he wanted to. There wasn't a literal door stopping him. He probably could have trudged through to get to Ephesus. But because he was willing to go through the door God wanted him to do, God blessed his decision. Immediately, God did an impact in, in, through his ministry. But there was also a long-term impact. Paul started a church in Philippi. And then when he's in, he's in, in prison, he's writing a, his letters from prison, he, he writes to Philippi, and this is how he describes them. He says, I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul has a real relationship with these people that's lasted over time. Why? Because Paul walked through the open door. He went exactly through where he was supposed to, what God wanted him to do, and he, he got a relationship with these people out of this. As you read through the book of Philippians, it says in chapter 4, verse 15, it says, uh, when I set out from Macedonia, which we'll see in chapter 17 in the next week or the week after, he says, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. These people, they stayed by his side. They became his teammates. They became his supporting cast. And he got all of this. Why? Because he went through the open door. Is that redundant enough? Is that like ingrained, tattooed on your brain now? The open door. That's what Paul did. He, he, had, he cares about these people. They supported him on his missionary. And it all stemmed from God, Paul saying, okay, God, I'm going to go where you want me to go. <clears throat> now think about your response to the closed door. You know, it's easy to get bitter. It's easy to get mad and frustrated. Uh, but think about saying, okay, God, I'm going to walk through the open door that you want me to, to walk through. You don't know where that's going to lead. You don't know what that's going to mean. You know, for Bud, I, I texted Bud and we were talking about this. And I said, well, how do you feel about this? About being in a different place from where you wanted to go? You know, and he says, it's kind of like there's a mixed emotions. You know, it's, there's there's a lot of, it's a lot, it's a lot of hard work in Utah. You know, there's... Uh, 800,000 people, 85% of them are Mormon. And he, it's, there's so few churches, Christian churches for, for all those people, you know, and it's, 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 I think it's, there's a tug of war going on. It's, it's tough. in a lot of times there's, there are some positive things. There's tears of sadness and tears of joy, you know, but he's, because he's there, he's willing to, to share Christ with people. He told me about an incident of, of a girl that he met 
Uh, she, she's wearing cross earrings, which apparently, if you're Mormon, you don't do. And he, he just mentioned to her something about her earrings. And through that conversation, he was able to find out that she used to be Mormon, and now she's a Christian. And she's, he said, here's a church to go to. And so I've been praying that today she's in a church hearing the gospel. She's hearing what God's word says, and she gets connected. He has, but, but is doing stuff. He's trying to reach into people's lives, but he has no idea what kind of impact he's going to have. Someday he will know. He's going to be up in heaven. There's going to be a whole slew of people who are there. Or God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, bud, because you did what, God, what I asked you to do. He's going to find out some of the impact of what he had. You know, think about what, what he does get to enjoy because he's in Utah. He has family close by. His, his sons are, are, are nearby. He speaks the same language. He gets to eat the same foods. He gets to have the holidays. He has a support system. With his medical issues, maybe he's getting med better medical treatment. Maybe the ministry in some ways is easier just because he's in America where he understands. And he says, okay, and that's the open door. I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. I think about me. You know, I was a youth pastor for just over three years. I never made it to North Idaho. I made it to Plevna, Montana. You know, I've been here for five years and four months and a couple of, couple odd days added on to that. You know, we've, we've, what have we been able to accomplish? Or what, we, what have we, what has God used us for here? You know, I'm not going to try to brag on myself. I want to say, like, look what our church has done since we've been here. Not because of us, because of God, because of everybody. So this is a group thing. But we've been able to see this. The, the windows. We've been able to see ministries flourishing. We've been able to start the Old Testament survey class, right? My favorite, my favorite part, you know, but we've been here for five years and God's growing me. And God's, you know, I've been told that I've improved his preaching and I would believe that because I think you guys put up with a lot when I first got here. <laughs> Hopefully you're not still thinking that. No, <laughs> but it's just, I didn't have any idea what, I didn't know if I would still be here. You know what? If I was in North Idaho, maybe I wouldn't still be here. There were some problems in that church that needed help that I wasn't equipped for. Maybe I would have been there, said two years was enough, and I'm doing something completely different. I have no idea. But we've been here for five years and counting. I think about Leslie. You know, what did she get out? She didn't get this funny Andy guy uh, that... And he was he was a youth pastor. I mean, he would have been a quality guy, a good guy. You know, like I said, a friend of mine. She didn't get that. She she got me, right? She she got she got me out of the deal, and uh, and I I appreciate that. You know, because I when when we got married, you know, we went through all of hell. What can I say? I've, I've told enough people, and I've said it enough times, a lot of terrible up-and-down relationship stuff. It just wasn't good. But we finally got to the point where we, we get along and life is really good. After 10 years of me wandering around, what job am I going to do? I became a youth pastor, and then I became I came here. So I wasn't stable on the job position. We weren't always getting along. But now I look and I say, man, am I, am I glad? You know, as a youth pastor, learning kids, learning how to plan and organize events, learning how to, you know, there, Leslie was just right there by me. She's supportive every step of the way. There's so much I could not do without her. There's no way I would have come here. There's no way I would have got through schooling. There's no way um, she just has been a huge support to me. You know, because she, she said no to Andy, she said yes to me. 
And it just has totally blessed me. I couldn't imagine my life without you. I couldn't imagine my life with, without her and the impact that she's made in my life because she said no to the closed door and said yes to the open door that God gave her. So all this to say, don't look at a closed door as something that's bad. Don't look at it. I, I know it may not be what your dreams are and what you want and you know, God's going to make me marry somebody ugly because I didn't get to marry who I wanted. I'm going to have a job I hate. I'm, I'm going to have to go be a missionary in Africa because I didn't get the, the NFL quarterback job, right? You know, that's not God's goal is to make your life miserable. God has something better for you if he closes a door. So don't look at it like a bad thing. Don't get bitter about it. Don't get angry. Just trust God that he's doing what's best for you and walk through that open door and do the best that you can. I'm just going to close with the verse that uh, Bud Fuchs gave me uh, that's, that we read for our scripture reading. And just, just let it sink in and think about it. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. God's steps are better for you. God's destination is better for you than what you think or what you can imagine. So take that closed door and say, okay, I'm okay with that, God. Let me just walk through the open door and let me be faithful with whatever that open door leads me to do. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I do thank you that you are in control. I know, God, that you see the end from the beginning because you're omnipresent. God, and I thank you that you are in control of it all. And I know, God, it is hard for us as humans to look at a door that's shut and be happy with it. Because it's a door we probably wanted to walk through, whether it's a relationship or whether it's a career or whether it's a purchase we wanted to make or a move or anything like that. God, I know that you are good. I pray that for each one of us, God, the next time the door shuts, that we don't get freaked out. We don't get mad. We just say, OK, God, what do you want me to do now? Um, I just pray that we would trust you and be faithful to the open door that you give us. And I pray for this in Jesus name. Amen.